0: Welcome to another episode of the Dentology podcast where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Strevens. Let's jump straight into it. (laughs) <laughs> so, welcome to our latest episode of Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. And today, we are absolutely delighted to be delighted. joined by absolutely delighted to be joined by Tracy Stewart. And Tracy's is a successful dental business coach, uh, a dental team trainer, uh, has a background working in dental practices. So she's walked the walk and undertook a personal transformation during COVID, which we're going to talk about, which was absolutely remarkable. I've known Tracy for about fifteen years. Same for you, isn't it? About yeah, fifteen I don't know. years. I might have known no longer. Can't yeah. remember really. Um, and the own personal development and growth um, that she's gone through since since I've known her has been absolutely remarkable. So it'd be good to find out how all that came about. So welcome Tracy, how are you doing?
1: I'm phenomenal, I'm really, really well, thank you. Good, Hi
0: Tracey, good to see you. And you you're too. talking to us from, from sunny
2: Cornwall. I hope it's sunny, let's pretend it's sunny.
1: Oh it is, I, the sun is coming through my window, it's amazing.
2: Does the sun always shine in Cornwall, is that what you're telling us?
1: Well, That's why you
2: moved there? It,
1: <laughs> It did when I was on holiday down here. We've had quite a bit of rain, but hey, I think it's going to be an amazing summer. No, good,
0: good, <laughs> It will good. be, it will be. Um, I want to get into the business bit, um, because I think that, that's going to be a, a fascinating chat in itself. But before we do that, can you just like, take us right back, even before the dental days? What, what was your upbringing like? What were you like as a kid? How did the whole thing start for you? Yeah, that would be interesting. What were you
2: like as a kid? Mm.
1: <laughs> I was, um, I'd say as a kid, I was quite reserved. Right. I was certainly not the person I am now. So that's that's
2: changed a bit then. Oh,
1: without, 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 (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't the cool kid. I was the, you know, certainly the non-cool kid. I wasn't the one that was in the popular uh, class. My sister, however, was the the one that was in the, in the cool group. Uh, But she's five, she's five years younger than me. And so, yeah, I definitely wasn't outgoing. I kept myself, um, self to myself. I didn't have uh lots of friends. I was pretty much a a loner. I suppose kept my head down and kind of just got on with things.
0: Mm-hmm. mm And did that was that was that a conscious decision because you were you felt a quiet person and you wanted to kind of just stay off people's radar. I I only find it interesting for how you are now. You know, you're a big personality, um you're incredibly confident in terms mm. of how you present yourself. So there's obviously been a transformation in terms of, of. But was it a conscious decision as a as a child to kind of just mind your own business, stay out of the way, not go looking for trouble?
1: I think it's. Um, I think we all have a mask to a degree, mm. and I think it was probably a safety net for me. And right. um, you know, if you don't, if you don't expose yourself, if you don't get seen, then you can't actually no damage can really come to you. So I think for many years, I had a big cage and um, that was my protective layer.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as for personality, I think that's a, an interesting one. Um, and I obviously do a lot of coaching on personalities being an accredited trainer. And it, there are two different sides to anybody, the person that you see in business and the person you see outside of business. So outside of work, I, I'm not the life and soul of the party until I get to know somebody. Mm. So, for example, if I were to come on a course today and I was to sit on a chair between the two of you, I wouldn't even say hello.
3: Mm.
1: Because that that side of me is quite a... Nobody will believe it, but it's quite a quiet,
3: <laughs> shy, timid mm. person.
1: If you were to start talking to me, then you wouldn't be able to shut me up. Mm. You know, yeah. so... Uh, Hey, I might end up being single for a long time because I'm not going to up and go.
0: I you fancy a drink, love. But, but also, I think I think you're right. I think lots of people in business you 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 do play a character, and I think where where I think it unnerves people is the character you play in business is so far from the reality mm. of you. I think the closer you can bring your true personality into your business world, the more congruent everything feels. There's nothing worse mm. than meeting somebody who's this, this kind of you know, really bouncy, bubbly character, yeah. but then that, that's not them when you meet them. And I think yeah. that's almost become more relevant with social media because you get to see an awful lot more people than you ever would before. And what you were saying about your childhood, about kind of keep your head down, don't do anything wrong, don't get on people's radar, I was reading something recently about um, people's fear of failure and their fear of failure kind of feeds into this feeling of shame. Mm, And people say, well, if I just don't do stuff, then nothing will ever go wrong. And if nothing ever goes wrong, I'm I'm never going to be embarrassed. I'm never going to fail. But what life is that? Mm. So many opportunities are going to be missed and becoming comfortable with things that go wrong. And you're in business and we're in business. You get used to failure pretty quickly because things go wrong all the flipping (laughs) time. and, And... once you get used to accepting some failure that that helps you grow doesn't it
1: yeah well if you if you look at the way that the kids are being brought up now especially in private school it's interesting because i'll do a lot of coaching with associates and then you know i'll get a message going you're not going to believe this charlie brought home his homework and it's exactly what you know you were talking about (laughs) on that growth mindset and, which, which is great. And I think it's lovely that kids are being brought up like that because they're not gonna have to go through some of the stuff mm. that we've gone through because I certainly went through that, you know. And I think there is, whether it's a, a child and they're looking at the TV and they're looking at the celebs and their role models and thinking they have to look a particular way. Um, I think there's certainly side on the, on the coaching side of things, expecting that I had to be a particular mm. way. And so it's it's probably taken <clears throat> only the last couple of years and through COVID um, for me to kind of go, I'm um, good enough as I am. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you sort of I found yourself. Be, I can't be like Chris, Andy or, or Sheila. I'm, I'm Tracy Stewart.
2: Mm-hmm. His,
1: his, I may not be everybody's cup of tea, but hey, mm. that, that's me. And, and that's, that's what makes
2: girl. you unique though, isn't it? You know, that... That you are Tracy Stewart. You mm. know, that's what makes all of us unique. But yeah. the interesting thing is understanding and accepting yeah. that that's what makes us unique. We well, don't have hard. to be someone well, I else. I was
0: going to say, it's hard enough being yourself, let alone trying to be somebody that you're not. Because at some point you get found out. But I think <laughs> you said as well, you know, you're good enough. So many people don't get that. They assume they're always falling short. They should always be somebody else. They should always be better. But I think when you get to a stage of contentment, when you say... Actually, I am good enough. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm very happy I'm, with where I'm at. It doesn't mean you don't want to grow and get better, but you're content with yourself where you're at.
2: Before we get to your, uh, and it sounds a bit naff really, but your sort of transformation experience and story, Tracy, did you go straight from school to be, because I, I met you, I think, first time when you were at that practice where you were a... Uh, uh, I think you were like the, the TCO, but I'm not too sure they were called TCOs in in those days. But And is, did you start, was your first job dentistry? Is that how you sort of got into it?
1: No, no. I actually, when I was at school, I did languages. I uh, wanted to travel the world. And uh, I think I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. And I'd gone into a travel agent. And I wanted to travel the world, and they wanted me to make tea and bloody stamp brochures. <laughs> so I was like, I was cut out, was cut out for more than stamping brochures. That's,
0: that's a bump down to earth, isn't it?
1: You had <laughs> Bali,
0: Australia, the west coast of the States.
1: So uh, let's say it, it, it didn't work out, and uh, let's say Mum made it very clear that you weren't going to be sat on your ass. Uh, you were either going back to college or you were getting a job. And right. uh, it was Mum. She opened up the local paper, she rang the local dental practice. Oh and she suddenly, rang it. Suddenly I was a trainee dental nurse with the biggest needle phobia in the world. So it's, oh,
2: excellent. It's,
1: it's remarkable really how it you know things happen. Mm.
0: Yeah. But it's funny, we were talking to somebody earlier on and, and we were saying about, you know, did you ever have a plan to be doing what you're doing? And he was like, well, no, not really, but five years in, really enjoying it and it's going really well and I'm having a great time. And it's like with you, you know, your mum opens the paper, you end up working in a dental practice, there was no plan or thought that this would be something you'd do. You also enjoyed it. You worked in practice for a while and, and now you've got a whole career advising, supporting, coaching, training dentists. Yeah. And if your mum had opened a newspaper on another page, you might have been a
2: hairdresser. Or a plumber. Yeah. Or You're a model. Yeah, exactly. Or a model. <laughs> Exactly. Anything. Anything I, was possible. i tell you what I'm intrigued about, Tracy. And I, I mean, we've known you for a while. I, the language is So do you still keep a foreign language in your head or no, do you not be, practice is it sort of like just out of practice
1: the bits and pieces but you know if i if i go on a ski holiday and we're going to germany or france there'll be the little bits probably the words that i shouldn't know
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what is it with foreign languages we always learn those words isn't it that's like your go-to isn't
2: yeah, it's it it's brilliant yeah yeah how can I swear <laughs> in a foreign language
0: so so on, on the work side of things so you're in a dental practice and you've obviously worked in a number of different practices in a number of different roles but what was it like then, back then, in terms of patient experience? I know that's like a massive thing for you and, and the people that you work with to make sure that the experience of the patient is, is is something that's exceptional and, and and memorable and all all those good things. But but in your early days of working in dental practice, what, what did that what did the patient experience look like? Was there much of an experience?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I was really fortunate that I've I've always worked in practices that customer service has been really Hi. Um, you know it is interesting I think we did two two checkups and a filling in 15 minutes. When people like talking about being busy, you know come back to my day yeah. and you were the dental nurse and you were the receptionist. Um but there was still a degree that the phone needed to be answered in a certain manner a certain time. And then you know before I kind of got into sort of my own business the practices that I worked with, you know, they I worked with probably three or four practices that took um, the team, the entire team, mm. over to America and worked with the best coaches uh, so that we could bring that back into wow. our um, practices. So I, I just think I was mm. I was fortunate that I worked with um, business owners that actually invested in their team.
2: Wow, how long have you been going individually then? When did you set up vs
1: since
2: 2013.
0: Wow. wow! Really?
1: Flip. No, that's don't look do bad on it, do I? <laughs> I mean, that's it, it's that classic thing,
2: isn't it? That time unless flies. you can really yeah. put a timestamp on it, because yeah. what's that? That's coming up for it's t- it's nine, years, nine years, it is. isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'd have to do something for the tenth year, all down to
2: Cornwall. (laughs) Yeah, big party, right like that. We're in, we're sorted. Yeah, yeah. You need to get. You'll be making all that money, so you need to get a big boat and some champagne, and then let's hope no one falls off it.
1: (laughs) Got to find the (laughs)
0: fishermen. I mean, we all know that that any any new business, the first couple of years are the most critical. You know, the failure rate of new businesses Mm. in the first two years is is awful. So to be here nine years later and. We all know because of what's going in the last couple of years that none of us have the right to exist, but to be here nine years later, and you to have built the network you've got and the services you deliver and the way you go about it that that really is phenomenal And um, We have this thing we were talking about it the other day that as a business owner, nobody actually says to you, well done mm. because
3: yeah.
0: you're you're responsible for it you know when you work in an organization or you work in a in a, in a business or with other people, quite often there's this congratulations going around, but as a business owner, you just get used to the fact that. People don't say to you, "Well done." So honestly, well done. Because mm. no, you're, no, no, but you're nine, nine, No, but you're nine years in, and that as a, a self-employed individual person who is responsible for everything in your business, that's that's brilliant. And Absolutely I think an
2: brilliant. individual, I always, you know, we're very lucky because there's there's the pair of us. But I think as an individual, it's it's. I feel it's harder because oh, you know, at least we can say you know, we can moan to each other about something or bounce something off. Or as a as an individual, you're sort of. It's you, isn't it? You know, you, you make the calls. I know you've got friends and people you can talk to, but they're not invested in it like you are because it's yours.
1: <laughs> got a good collection of teddies. They don't
0: argue back. <laughs> 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 what was your, going back to 2013 There, what, what was your motivation to become um, a business owner? Was was owning a business important to you or was that the by-product of the thing you wanted to do?
1: No, I never, um, never ever wanted. That was far too scary. It was just that an opportunity came that's my the char- way.
0: That's the, that's the childhood Tracy coming out there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it, it was far too risky for yeah. me to do anything like that. Um, it was an opportunity. And um, I'm just fortunate that lots of my friends are um, um, coaches. And, um, you know, they would ask some tough questions and um, you you would then go deep inside and kind of go well you know what is the worst that can happen if it goes tits up you're still a qualified dental nurse you're still a qualified practice manager life mm. will go on and um, but ultimately as that strong D type personality there's also that fear of failure mm. uh, if I'm gonna do it then it's got to be successful yeah mm. because I can't fail
0: yeah mm. but you you but you you strike me as somebody who's found their place uh, and by that what i mean is if i i always use um, ed sheeran as an example ed sheeran is is a guy who is a phenomenal writer performer and in a younger uh, a younger ed his mum may have opened the newspaper and he could have ended up being a hairdresser or an accountant but it, but he t- he became that guy that and when you see him perform there's almost like a flow of how he does it it's it's the right guy doing the right thing and I see that you're one of those people Mm. who's doing the right thing you found your place yeah yeah Yeah. what you're doing and did you always have a plan to work towards this being where you wanted to end up or was it just kind of those those stepping stones just kept kind of appearing in front of you and you just kept walking and that's where you've ended up or was there a moment when you said I am going to get to a point where I'm going to be a qualified coach, a qualified trainer. I'm going to support people. They're going to grow. And this is what my plan is going to be. When did that start to formulate?
1: I think that's only really sort of formulated and been clear in the last <laughs> two years. Um, I knew that I always wanted to help people. And I truly believe that's what I do. It's it's never about me. Um, it's not the Tracy show. It's about helping other people be better versions of themselves and making healthier choices so that not only in their business but also <coughs> in their personal life that they can be happy because if there's one thing that I've learned in my transformation is you know you only get one life and you know we all deserve to be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. No I think that's and and you mentioned that transformation and, and it, you 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 documented it on online through social media but your own personal transformation mm. through covid was nothing short of remarkable yeah, in sun. terms of really you sun. know how you invested in yourself and you changed you know your physical appearance which then i'm sure would have also impacted your internal feelings on yourself and your your mental well-being has that mind body and soul thing always been important to you or was there a, was it like a switch being flicked where it, it suddenly became something that you focused on
1: It was a a switch that was flicked as I got into coaching. Right. And, you know, there was a lot of the techniques and skills and a huge amount on self-awareness that I was actually helping others with, um, but kind of avoiding it myself.
3: Hmm.
1: And I think, you know, when uh, COVID hit and you were sat at home with your thoughts and you had no choice you know apart from brushing your teeth or putting your lipstick on I didn't have to look at myself and then zoom came and it was like holy christ it was like every (laughs) bloody day five hours a day it's like can you think of anything worse and you know then Boris was coming on and saying that if you're over 40 you're fat you've got an underlying health condition you're dead and then I remember walking down the road and um, all the shops were shut, but the lights were off. And, you know, you could see in the windows. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, I walked through the past this shop and there were two massive windows. And I tell you what, I think my tits were in one and my ass was in the other. And it was like, baby girl, you've, got, you've seriously got to do something now.
0: <laughs> and, and, and so give us, give us, give us a defining a, moment. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, for, for for people that didn't see on on, on social media the, the the change, which was remarkable. What 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 were the numbers in terms of how it how it affected you? What was the what was the total total loss? I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not looking to find out where you are. at. I'm just trying to give people the scale of of the transformation for yeah. you was and amazing. And the timing, amazing.
1: You know me. I'm 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 an open book. Um, I won't give you my bust measurements, but uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, you know i was a size 24 in clothes i was over 16 stone in weight and and you know a lot and you're of not se- very
2: tall are
1: you no i'm, I'm a short ass i'm five foot nothing uh thanks for reminding me there chris just um, trying to mention it.
2: i'm just trying to i'm just trying to help people <laughs> visualize Tracy. <laughs> i'm getting them to fit picture picture that image
1: <laughs> and uh and so, yeah, I think it was, I think we worked it out. I think it was 51 weeks I lost seven stone. And wow. uh, depending what shop I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm size eight or ten. But it was wow. never really about the size of clothes. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was literally a, a feeling of actually being able to go into a normal shop and actually have something that fitted rather mm-hmm. than jogging bottoms.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. I
0: mean, that. As, a, as a, like I say, I, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. And do you feel, for where you are now, do you feel that that job is now done? Or is it something that you constantly have to work on? Have you, have you completely shifted your mind? Because I think the thing is with lots of things with, with diet and transformation, quite often people commit to it for a period of time, they get a result. And then ultimately kind of it, it sort of unravels itself. But you said that the desire to transform kind of came out of coaching, which is kind of a behavior mindset thing that is obviously represented in your improved outlook in terms of your, your your health and well-being. So is it something that is now locked into you in terms of how you are in that this is the new Tracy? This isn't something you constantly have to keep working on to stay in that, in that shape? Yeah,
1: it's locked in that as in I have to work on it. It's constant work you never get to a point that you're there and it's job done. Mm. It, it's no different to a business owner. You know, you can't work with me for 12 months and say, job done, you know. It's constant um, working on it. But there is, it is the self-awareness. So, um, you know, I certainly got to a, a particular stage and I'd lost the weight. And then, um, you know, there was a period of, found the cookie cu- cupboard and, uh, you know, things went backwards for, for, for a while. But it's it's the awareness of the little voice that you have inside us we all have it but i certainly wasn't aware of it so i'd go around the supermarket and my trolley would be full of stuff that's maybe not um great choices and now i'm very aware of that voice in in anything and um, even if i happen to be in the gym and you know jack will say to me we're going to be lifting you know a hundred k of weight and my voice goes you know there's no way in hell i can do that and then another little voice goes, "Shut up! You've got this. Just get mm-hmm. on with it. You can do this." And it is just being very conscious of that that voice now, um, because I don't want to go back to being unhappy. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, yes, the the weight probably con- contributed to that, <coughs> and and other things that were happening in my life, but. It's not about I want to always be a size eight or ten or I Mm. want to be a particular weight. I want to have energy and I want to be happy. And Mm. if being that weight and that size is what I need to do to make it happen, then that's what needs to happen.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's it's beyond willpower, isn't it? It's almost getting to a stage where you're constantly making good choices. And I imagine it's probably a bit like muscle memory in that those good choices continue to reinforce further good choices. And the more you do it, and like you say, we're all acutely aware, you can always kind of fall off that wagon at any moment, can't you? But I guess the longer you stay in that place where it gets reinforced, the more likely it is you're going to keep making good choices.
1: And I think the biggest thing for me is never tell yourself you can't have something.
3: Mm.
1: You know, I'll still have my wine at the weekend. I'll still have a curry now and then. It's just that, you know, I'm not I'm not classed as a family member in the curry place because I'm not there <laughs> all the, all the, two or three times a week.
0: Use your table. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, Miss Stewart. <laughs> it,
1: was, it, was, it was, you know, king prawn masala and a glass of wine. <laughs> it's You're,
3: ridiculous.
1: You,
0: you, you obviously do business coaching and team training as a result of the the personal transformation you've been through. Do people now come to you for kind of almost like health and personal transformation advice because they've seen the results you've got?
1: Not necessarily the people that I'm working with, mm. but I've certainly had uh, strangers, if you like, mm. reach out to me on private messages.
0: Be very and... careful accepting those messages, Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a rabbit hole to or, get is down.
2: That, or is that your only fan's website? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you know, people are kind of in a hole and yeah. don't know where where to go. And, you know, you know, I, I suppose I share with them what the personal trainers I worked with shared with me mm. is it's not about it's not about the the personal training and the exercise or even the diet to such a degree. It's it's about the mindset and the thoughts. Yeah. And controlling those because without that, then nothing else works. So, we are, you know, I'm not going to write a book going, it's the Tracy Stewart diet, I, you know, I might earn some more money out of it. But the fact is, um, it is about being, it's raising your self-awareness, being aware of those thoughts and feelings, because this is a computer up here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's actually being in control of the software that you're running.
0: mm. No, it's interesting. You're, so mm. we, we, we've mentioned a couple of times that you're a coach and a trainer. Can you just explain for a Luddite like me and, and him the difference between coaching and training? How, how, how do they differ?
1: Well, I suppose it's, you're, you're lots of different things. It's like any practice manager at the moment, you know. Um, you're, you're somebody's friend. You're somebody's manager. You're a coach. You're a trainer. You're a mentor. You're all the things that you basically need to be. It's just recognising what hat you need to wear. At any particular time, I think that the coaching is really helping somebody to understand themselves better. It gives you a completely different set of tools. So, when I'm in practices, the the, the first session is lots of assessments, helping people to understand their emotions, they're understanding their personalities, they're understanding their working styles and and their drivers, and. You know, lots of the stuff that I do with people comes from just how crazy my life is because
3: mm.
1: nobody will ever be able to say I've copied them because <laughs> my emotional um, triggers assessment that the team do, that came from my speed awareness class when I got up to <laughs> Um I literally, two weeks ago, almost drove off the mountain and my car <laughs> went in for a service um, just to make sure that it was going to be okay. And then from that... I've then actually developed um, a kind of a follow-up system using WhatsApp. And again, all of that has actually come from what they sent me looking at my car. So, you know, it's, yeah, I think, you know, you'd have to have, you'd have to step into the crazy world of Tracy Stewart (laughs) to to understand where it all comes from. I don't know where it comes from sometimes.
2: uh, Uh, The great thing about that is it's very hard to copy, isn't it?
1: Oh, there's only there's only it, one You know,
2: that's it. But well, you know, yeah. you is you, so therefore you can't mimic you. No. So therefore, it makes it unique, which is obviously what people mm. are, are attracted to in the fact of your style appeals to some, and as you, I think you say, Tracy appeals to some, but appeals doesn't appeal to others, and that's
1: no. okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. It's the way it should be.
1: You can't be all things to everybody, and
0: I'm okay with that. Yeah. And so, from the coaching side, can anybody be coached? Or do you have to, does the start point have to be an open mindset? And are some people more coachable than others? Or, or isn't that what you find?
1: It's a, this is my own personal belief on it. And I'm sure that others would have different beliefs. But I do believe that everybody can be coached, but not everybody wants to be coached. So, right. for example, you, you can help anybody. But not everybody wants your help. And I think mm. when you are somebody that wants to help people, that's quite a bitter pill to swallow. Mm. So that you might see a patient and they might have a really manky mouth and you know that you've got the skills to actually make things a lot better. But you also have to respect that they may not want that. Yeah.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. And that, that's sometimes quite hard, isn't it? When you know you can you can fix something or make something better. But then I suppose going back to that thing of if the person doesn't want to get better or doesn't recognise it or that... If they don't don't want to change, then they won't change it. That's
3: right, yeah. Yeah. And
1: so, for example, you know, you might have a resistant team (coughs) member. You know, I had this recently. We turned up on Zoom and the first conversation was banging the screen saying, what are you? What are you going to teach me about dental practice? I've been in dental practice before you were born. (laughs) And, you know, 10 years ago, the old Tracy would have been, right, right, you little so-and-so.
2: Yeah, yeah, you'd have gone on the offensive, yeah. And,
1: you know, and it was like, you know, there's something going on here. And so my initial reaction to give myself some space would be, oh, Andy, bless you. At least I know that bloody Botox is worth the money after spending <laughs> on it. You know, break, break the ice. And, but there's always something going on Underneath, you could see a fluffy duck on the water and looks absolutely mm. at pace and gorgeous, but it could be wrapped up in wire and you've just got no idea
3: mm.
1: what's going on underneath the surface. And what mm. coaching does is it gives you the skills and the technique to peel the layers off the onion and find out what that problem is mm. to be able to offer the help.
0: Mm. Mm. It's funny, we have a similar thing. You yeah, we've obviously worked together in the past and, and you know that we, we value and sell dental practices. And there's a similar thing oh, in that we say to our guys, you never know the backstory, you never know what's going on. And buying or selling a business is a stressful thing to do. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like sort of buying or selling a house, but, but on steroids. It's, it, it's a hard mm. thing to get through. So people are stressed. So we're dealing with people at a stress moment in time. And I'm sure for lots of the people you work with, whilst they know there's going to be a positive outcome, Quite often, when people are going to go through a change of some sort, there's even stress associated with that. So you probably don't always get to see people in in, in their best of times, because when somebody turns up to make a change of Mm. some sort, lots of people are resistant to change. They see it as being a threatening thing. So your approach of kind of breaking down barriers and getting on an equal footing to then work from there makes a lot Mm. of sense.
1: But also, I'd say I'm probably the most hated person on the planet on day one because the the business owner has invited me in, the team don't brought me in, mm. they're actually quite happy doing whatever they're doing.
3: Mm. Yeah,
1: you know, so there is a lot of resistance, and um, you know, but you know, that first day when we actually it's not about this, it's the Tracy way, do it my way, or you know, it's the highway, mm. and they start to understand people, it might be oh, gosh, that's you. You know, and you yeah. come in with that resting bitch face. That's the one you pull. And you, you're just that bloody D, you know. And <laughs> it's fun. And it's, yeah. um, I think the most rewarding part for me is, you know, initially everyone's looking at getting out of dentistry. They're looking at going to get a job in middle, mm. And suddenly, you know, and it, it, it takes a good four months. Sometimes it can take 11 months, depending on what I'm dealing with. Um, but suddenly that person is skipping into work and they actually mm. love their job. And, you know, there then the new person comes in, and they go, oh, but, you know, we, you, you, we have to do things this way. This is the way that we do things. And, you know, my job is then very easy because mm. they're doing it for me. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. I must admit, you did some, uh, well, I saw. <laughs> I think some of your LinkedIn posts. I love the fact that you, uh, I can't remember, it must have been down your neck of the woods or somewhere near a beach, um, where you actually took the team, and that was part of your, the the program, you know, part of whatever your training program. And I thought it was brilliant. It just reminded me, you know, when you were at school and you would go and read out on the field by a tree and it was all really exciting because you were outside. Yeah. I just thought it was really smart because you, you take them out of the environment and the practice and put them to somewhere where they're. Most people love being on a beach because I thought it was quite funny. You know, you, I can't remember where—I don't know where it was, Tracy—but I, I remember yeah. seeing the. I, I remember seeing the picture of people sitting around with no shoes on, with like their their books with pencils or whatever you get them to write about themselves. And I was just thinking, what a brilliant way mm. of learning rather than sitting in a dental yeah. surgery. You've actually got them out enjoying the outside and all that sort of stuff, and it made me thought that's a that's a brilliant way of, of communicating with them to unlock lock them
1: i think the only sad thing about that though chris is you tend to get that more from the corporate companies right you don't get it from a traditional dental practice they're very much in the mindset that it's got to be done in the practice or it's got to be done in a hotel but actually yeah coming out um you know we had no no idea what the weather was going to be like that Mm. day and sitting on the beach and um it was a blinding day
3: yeah
2: it almost takes them i i in my yeah. head i was thinking it's it's a really good way because you sort of um put them off guard a bit <laughs> you know when 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 you're in a in in a hotel or in a practice aren't you they're they're sort of in work mode yeah. but but you sort of almost get them to yeah. fall out of work mode because they're sitting on a beach and the beach is always like relaxing mode so i'd imagine i, I don't know one that's really sad isn't it that that Dental practice owners don't sort of get it because they've sort of got it in the fact they've engaged you, Mm. but then go the other part where when you say, "Look, actually, I think we get more out of them if we took them to the park or the beach or whatever it is." But I just thought it's really smart. I I thought it's a really good idea. But
0: but we all know we get so much more out of experiences if we're enjoying ourselves. Yes. So if you can create an environment which is enjoyable and memorable, the stuff you're learning on that day is more likely to stick. Yeah, definitely. So if the alternative is to go into some stuffy conference room in a hotel which happens in 99 of percent cases or you could go to a park or a beach or, or somewhere like yeah. that that environment is going to be so much more stimulating but like you say it requires somebody that you know the, the people making those decisions to buy into that mm. for that for that for that to work
1: and i think also it it's about getting dentists to think about it in a in a different way so for example um, a couple of things that, you know, if you go to the dentist and you've got a, a toothache, but you can't quite pinpoint it, they typically bang three teeth until you go, oh, that's the one, you know, that's that's yeah, you've got, you've got it. But when somebody comes to you and they've got, they haven't got a physical pain, they've got an emotional pain, they, you know, don't like looking at their teeth because they've been stuck on Zoom for the last two years. The only way that you can get that reaction is by asking questions. Mm and I follow a punt system um, which is about the pain, urgency, need and trust and it is really going down a rabbit hole and asking some questions so that people open up and expose themselves and it's really hard um, for you to do that as a human being when you've actually been brought up with um, it's rude to ask questions Mm. or don't don't talk to strangers because it's dangerous Mm. because your brain, again, is doing what it's geared to do. It's there to protect mm. you and mm. keep you safe. So when you get that resistance, it's because it's been drummed into you all your life that you shouldn't be doing something. And this old cow bag rocks up and says, well, you know, this is what we've got to do.
3: Mm.
1: Um, it happened to me the other day. I was in the gym and uh, Jack had said to me, you know, you pick these weights up and shrug your shoulders. And I could pick the weight up. And I couldn't shrug my shoulders for life or money. But because of, I suppose, what I do and who I am and the the training and coaching I've had myself, suddenly a little voice went, don't shrug your shoulders at me, young lady. And it was like, Christ, it's okay. I can shrug. I'm safe. I can do it. It
0: was literally a permission thing, not a physical thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it had nothing to
1: do with it. It was just that you know, unconscious brain, Yeah. kind of a... a
3: yeah, hardwired, a but you'd never shrug your shoulders you at somebody. Yeah, you should shrug your
1: shoulders, it's rude. Wow.
3: wow.
0: So what, what's, what, what, what's the future for you? What, what are the chapters that are coming? Are those, have those pages got anything written on yet? Or don't you know what the, the future holds for you yet?
1: Yeah, I think I do. For me, not I think there's been a, a change financial because that's not as important to me as lifestyle. So um, the 12-month program, I'm incredibly lucky uh, that everything is on referral. So I don't really- I'm I not need all- to
0: reframe that, Tracy. You're not incredibly lucky. You've created a network of people. You've promoted <laughs> yourself. You have people that trust you who recommend other people to use you. That's not luck.
1: See, I just say to you, I'm still working progress. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all need coach you. Um, but the clients that I work with recommend other clients. Mm. Uh, So I tend to only work with 10 practices over the course of the year and uh, I'm on schedule for that for this year. So I don't have to do too much this year. Mm. So I take a Friday off and I go to the beach no matter what the weather is and I do something for me. So for me is, yes, I could grow that. I could take on 20, 30 practices. I could grow a team around me. Um, I'm happy. I enjoy what I do. Uh, 10 practices enough to keep me in my lifestyle and it's just making the most of my surroundings now
3: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe my I might find that rich fisherman
3: who knows I
0: was, was going to say it's it's nice to hear that that you know there's a degree of contentment and I think a lot of people never quite get to contentment they never quite appreciate what they've got and they always think there's something more exciting around the corner or yeah on the next floor Mm. or just just over the fence but to get to a stage where you look at your elements of your life and go Mm. actually this is really good you know I've got I've got all the things I want that's that's quite nice would you reflecting back on on where you were and where you are would you do anything different if you had your time again
1: I I suppose I would if I knew that those things were available, but I didn't know Mm. that those things were available. So I go back to like the kids that are being brought up and the fact that they they know about the growth mindset and they are Mm. getting coaching. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You can buy anything and it comes with a manual and you get the most important thing in the world, a child, and it comes with no manual. Mm. And every parent is doing the best that they can, and they might be just following on from what their parents did. Um, So they're doing the best that they know, but actually they haven't had the coaching. Mm. And I do think that anybody that's going to bring a child into this world um, should have that coaching.
3: Because by Mm. the
1: time you're you're eight years old, that personality is fixed. Mm, and that yeah. is coming from your surroundings, of your upbringing, and the big people around you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, but yeah, 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 no, very yeah. true. It's, it's been fascinating. I think we could talk all day. To be honest with you, uh, we would sit on the beach, normally with a glass of wine, with our shoes off. Uh, yeah, enjoying ourselves. Uh, we, we appreciate your time. We, we always wrap up in the same way. We always ask our guests the, the same two questions, and and the first one we ask is if you could be a fly on the wall in a situation. Is there a certain situation that you'd like to yeah. be looking in on? I
3: okay.
1: think I suppose given this, I'd like to be a fly on your wall when you actually read it back and go, <laughs> oh, did she really say that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been I think the great thing about you, Tracy, is you're honest. And and you know, you're honest through your a fault in that you tell people exactly how it is. And I know that some people find that quite challenging. Um yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's almost like one of your superpowers mm. in the you just tell people as it is, and, and if that works for them and they engage and, and they can kind of cope with that in, in, in the best sense of the word, then they're your sort of person. But if they can't, you've kind of just like disqualified N- people from... N- from NBS from,
2: training. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but I think this comes back to, you know, practices talk this, but they don't always deliver this. Mm. It's about being true to your values. Because there's one thing that will always sit with me, whether people like it or don't. But... Me and my sister were always brought up that no matter what you did and how bad it was, as long as you told the truth, everything would be okay. If you told mm. the truth, you wouldn't be punished. And, you know, that's, that's who I am.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great, great guiding principle as well. And so our last question is if you could meet somebody, if you could meet somebody and sit down and, and have a coffee or a glass of wine, <laughs> who would you who who you like to meet?
1: I think that that one's easy for me. It would be Brenny Brown. You know, I think the woman's amazing. I've you know read a lot of her books. I've listened to a lot of her, her stuff. She's you know very big on vulnerability and shame. And um, yeah, I think she's um, and she's certainly had to go through imposter syndrome and loads of stuff. And um, yeah, I could talk to that woman for 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 ages.
0: Excellent. So it might not be a glass of wine. You might need it's
2: to take
1: a couple of
2: bottles, bottle. I thought, yeah, <laughs> and then a week in the gym, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe at the same time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a whole new, a whole new marketing angle there.
1: Exactly.
2: Wine and gym. There you go.
1: That's oh. our new business.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're starting a new one up.
0: It's been brilliant, Tracy. We really appreciate your time. I know you're you you're busy, uh, but it's been it's been wonderful. And I'm pleased that your your life down in is yeah, working out. It's it's a lovely it's a it's a transformation in in more than just the the physical sense. I think the way you've evolved and the way you've grown and the way you've you've moved on from over the time that we've known you yeah, yeah. before that you really are a a great person for other people to look at mm. and, and take
2: inspiration from if they're looking to to improve where they're at. Yeah, it's a brilliant evolution, isn't it? Yeah, as you know, say so we we've worked and known with you, known you and worked with mm. you for a number of years, and and where you are and who you are now as to when we first met you is it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal.
1: Well, I think thanks for the opportunity today, but I mean I've got to thank you guys as well because you gave me that break. You know, you offered me that job in 3D loans, and that then sort of evolved into a training and I didn't know at the time coaching program. Mm. You know, I remember you coming to me and saying, Well, you know, let's devise this program. I didn't even know how to bloody do a PowerPoint. You know, certainly didn't know anything (laughs) about figures and Excel spreadsheets. And both of you took a lot of time to sit down and and help me take that first step. So, oh, well, you know, if you. it hadn't been for you guys, then, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't be here.
2: Always no. remember the MX-5.
1: Yes. Oh, so do I.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you you loved that car, didn't you? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that was, you know, that if, if it wasn't for the country lanes, that would be on my door. That would be just for <laughs> <laughs> <and Garrett.
3: laughs>
1: But i've got to get the country lane sorted first
3: and then i'm there then you're on to that
2: back get back to one of those yeah no i remember the mx5 i remember it right <laughs> brilliant
0: lovely no, oh, been brilliant you. time, tracy. yeah that's really great look after so much Take Cheers. care. thanks Stella. thanks very much Cheers. that was, was great, great talking to tracy it was uh, i, I did not realize we'd known her for so long
2: yeah time it's, it's a long
0: time. Is so she's been in business for nine years
2: uh, that i'll tell you what that, oh, that uh, flipping time thing just she yeah. didn't yeah. unless you can actually tie it to something mm. I, it's, I think it's fascinating where, from where we knew her to where she is now. That yeah. is a totally different lady. Well,
0: it's funny, isn't it? We talked um, quite a bit. Happier. Yes, much more
2: confident, happier in
0: herself. We, but it, we talked quite a bit about her her own sort of personal transformation with you know losing weight and feeling better and healthier in, in herself. But you could also lay that over her her business life as well, in that she's transformed from where she was. The yeah. whole thing joins up. But she deserves a success she works harder too works hard, she worked hard yeah. I, I think the thing that I like and stands out for me she knows who she is yeah, yeah. She's, 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 she's
2: not she's, a chameleon. no she you know if you engage with her you engage with her and that will be who you engage with
0: yes <laughs> that's right yeah yeah she's very very clear about who she is and no. what she's about but obviously that didn't didn't start like that you know when she talked about her childhood you know kind of yeah. hiding at school not wanting to be seen whereas now that confidence comes out, and it, it's quite infectious, isn't it? When you speak to people of that style, mm. um, it's hard not to get drawn people into that need energy. To have a
2: conversation with. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we've yeah. known her for a while. We 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 know some of uh, some of the history, yeah. And you just think, if 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 you could collar her somewhere to have a conversation with her, you would find it, I think, quite remarkable, yeah because you know what we spent 30 minutes but you you can only get a little essence of it can't you but the the story is fascinating yeah no it was a really really good really really good thank you
0: for listening to this episode of dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram